Hey, it's Zach, and I'm back with another episode of Elevate and Accelerate. Episode two, brand is story. Today, I want to be talking about a little bit more of story in general. What is story? How has story influenced us as humans? Uh, what are some story plot lines that you could probably use or try to figure out what your story is? And then how do you start the process of crafting your core story that you can use to attract your ideal client. So without further ado, let's get started. Every good story has these three elements to it. One, character. You got to have a character. Two, tension. Three, the resolution. If you think about any great blockbuster movie over the last 10 years, you can say without a doubt they have at least these three core elements. And so your stories should as well. Any story, no matter how great the character is, if it lacks tension, it's going to lack the ability to draw the audience in and to connect with them emotionally, whatever that tension might be. And so we'll get into some different plot lines and ways in which we can do that. Um, but I just want to focus right now on these core elements. So first, the character. How does this apply in a business realm? Well, uh, first and foremost, you are a character in the story, right? That's probably an obvious one. Your prospect is also a character. Your client is also a character. And to some extent, your business is also a character. And so uh, we want to tie all of those things together into an overarching narrative that describes who you are, what you do, why you do it, and how you can help them and what it's going to look like after you do. Okay. So, um, so that's really the process of telling a good story as it relates to business, who you are, what you do, why you do it, how you can help them and what it looks like if they engage you for your services. So why is story so important and why do I keep talking about it? Well, I believe that story is a fundamental element of who we are as human beings and therefore a fundamental element and tool that you should be using in your business. Now here's why. Let's look at first story in history. Story has always played an integral role in the passing down of information, um, passing on of tradition, of passing on uh, the stories of our ancestors. I mean, history is literally the story of our past. And so um, I think it's really important to, um, to recognize that story still plays an integral role in all of our lives, right? Um, whether that's for entertainment or reminiscing with old friends or hearing about uh, stories from your grandparents or your parents and things that they went through and their experiences. It's what connects us as human beings. When we share in similar experiences or when we share our experiences with other people, it resonates with them or with specific people in very impactful ways, right? It, it brings them back to maybe an experience that they had or an experience that a friend or family member had. And so um, it really is Story is the glue, I believe, that holds people together and connects them together. Now, scientifically speaking, this has actually been true, proven to be true. 
when we are wrapped up in a good story and a story that we relate with, the neuropeptide, a hormone in our brains is released called oxytocin. You may have heard this before. Uh, a lot of times it's been called the love hormone. Um, there's a lot of studies that sort of conflict each other about whether or not oxytocin plays a role in romantic love and things like that. But fundamentally, without fail, all the studies that I've seen and that I've read about say that oxytocin is instrumental in the building and maintaining of relationships. Okay, so I'm going to say that again in the context of a brand and a business. So story is a good story, releases the neuropeptide oxytocin, which is fundamental to the building and maintaining of relationships. Now, if brand is story, that means that a good brand is capable of releasing oxytocin in the brains of your prospects, which then helps to build and maintain a relationship with them. Isn't that what marketing is all about? So fundamentally, from not only from a historical perspective, but then also from a scientific perspective, if you are not utilizing story in your marketing, you're missing the very core of how you can reach your audience in a way that creates impact, that builds trust, that builds that relationship, and then that is able to maintain that relationship. So that relationship can be many different phases, right? You have acquaintances, you have friends, you have romantic relationships, you have marriages, right? There's uh, you know, parent-child relationships. There's so many different types of relationships. And so uh, when you are engaging in a relationship with your audience, it could be a relationship with your prospect, which looks very different than the relationship with your client, right? Which I hope looks very different than your relationship with your spouse or significant other otherwise. So, um, and so we need to think about how we are building and maintaining these particular relationships. And ultimately a business and marketing is all about moving somebody from one relationship to the next. How do you move somebody from a prospect to a client and then from a client to an advocate, right? And that's what this is all about. So, and a, and a return client too, I'm, I imagine for, for many industries. Um, and, and then a refer, right? How do they, how do they advocate for your business to their friends and their family? And, and, uh, and the reality is, is that your best marketing is a lot of times the testimonials that your clients are going to be willing to give, but that is a slow process to growth, right? Um, and so how do you grow more quickly is by leveraging the things that help you to build trust at the forefront of the conversations that you're having with your prospects. Okay. So we talk about that, um, in a lot of different ways, but, uh, it's media. We call it our business trifecta. It's media marketing and PR. Uh, media is a medium for you to share your story or share in the story of your prospect, right? And, and we'll unpack that a little bit later. Um, so media is a medium for sharing your story. Marketing is how you share that story. Um, inserting, so there's, uh, there's mass media, there's direct media. Mass media is the um, uh best-selling author. It's the as seen on, as seen in. It's it's the logos, the credentials, the mass media credentials that, that people trust inherently um, because of, of the connotation that that brand has. And by extension then gives you a little bit more trust because you're able to say that you've been featured on or seen in 
those types of, of platforms and, and places that they trust. So they feel like they can trust you, right? Um, and so that's a level of building trust. So that's how you use mass media. Direct media is the way in which you um, take your videos, your your mailers, your podcasts, your, um, you know, whatever it is, and put it in front of your audience, right? That's directly to them. Now, the marketing aspect of that is then eliciting a response, right? Because um, the difference, I think, in part between branding and marketing is branding is telling the story. Uh, marketing goes a step further and asks for a response, right? So, um, so the idea is, is, you know, get on my list, download the special report, uh, sign up for my seminar, sign up for my webinar, uh, whatever it is that sort of captures that lead. Marketing is about growing your list. Okay. And so if your marketing isn't growing your list, which is getting people at different phases and stages of the relationship building process, then your marketing isn't working. Um, and if you can't systematize how somebody moves from a prospect to a client and be able to look at your numbers and say, okay, X number of leads leads to X number of conversations, which leads to X number of sales or appointments or whatever, then, then you're, you're, you don't have a, a marketing system that's working. Right. And then we have PR. So PR is the third party credibility, third party validation that's backing up, um, you know, what you're saying. So that could be press releases, it could be um, your audience, it could be uh, former clients, friends, family members, people who see what you do, um, whether or not they've actually engaged you for your services, but know you as a person or, you know, are just your advocates uh, out there confirming and reaffirming what you're saying. Um, and so all, those three elements are fundamental to any business, but really to any great brand becoming and maintaining being a great brand. Um, is being able to tell your story you, in mass media, using mass media credentials in your marketing to build trust in your marketplace that, uh, that changes the conversation with your prospect. So um, let me give it to you as a hypothetical example. Let's use, uh, let's use a mailer, for instance. Mailers, you know, people fall on either side of the camp of whether or not you should use them. But let's use that as an example because I personally think that they're amazing. Um, and you know, I don't think that they're the end all be all like anything. Uh, it's just one more tool in your tool belt. So, uh, all right. So direct mail, let's say you send out a mailer for a exclusive webinar that you're holding, or let's say seminar, right. And you only have seats for 25 people to this event. Um, and so you are going to teach them about how they can, um, have their best life in retirement, for instance. Okay. So, uh, you send out this mailer to a thousand people and it just says, um, Hey there, uh, are you stuck in your retirement? Do you, are you stuck in your job because you can't leave? You're not sure how you're going to retire, whatever it is. You kind of tease out what that tension is in their story, right? That you understand because of what you've been through and the clients that you've worked with and helped. So you elicit that tension with them and then you call them to action, which is the marketing part. So, um, you know, join me for my free seminar, uh, at the so-and-so country club or local, you know, event space, whatever it is, um, come by and I'll teach you everything that you need to know about living the life that you've always wanted in retirement. Okay. So, so that's your piece, right? Um, now, that might be one of many different pieces that they got, right? They, they, 
um, are getting targeted ads on Facebook. They're getting they're getting inundated with people who want to help them with their retirement, right? And so how do they distinguish you from the next person? Well, one, you're local. That's a help. Okay, great. But um, but you're also smaller than some of these other places. And my friend Joe is talking about his guy and his guy can do all these kinds of weird things with tax and whatever. And so, you know, maybe I should talk to Joe's guy, but I still haven't picked up the phone. Well, why not? Right. And because, um, you know, there's a lot of different things that go into that. Did you really did you really hit on the tension point Did you on their pain points? Right. Are you really addressing the issue that they believe that they have or know that they have or don't even understand that they have? Um, but. I want you to think about that same messaging, that same problem. Now, let's say that person who received this first postcard um, is at least interested. They're going to Google you. They're going to look you up and say, okay, who is this person? What do I need to know about them? What's their story? Okay. So what are they going to see? What's the story that they're seeing online before they even talk to you? Is your website five years old? Is the last time you posted a relevant article five years ago too? Um, do they think that you're, you know, in witness protection program? Do they think you're in the witness protection program? Um, are they under the assumption that you just don't touch your website? Maybe you're not even in business anymore. Um, you know, what is the story that your website, your social media, um, everything that they're going to find about you online says about you and your business and your experience and expertise? to be able to help them because that's, what's really important, right? They want to know a, a number of different things. Like, is this person for real? Can I trust them? Um, you know, are they relevant? Uh, have they helped other people similar to me? Um, you know, all of those things going into, and at the end of the day, you just want to know that you're a good person. Um, uh, because we don't want to work with people that we don't like, right? We work with people that we know that we like and that we trust. So, so they're going to look you up. And if there's enough there to say, okay, well, this at least warrants me giving them a call and seeing what they're all about, right? So now they call, but they're skeptical. You still have to prove yourself to them. They just got enough of it that they were willing to call you, right? Take the same exact scenario, different postcard. Now this postcard shows up and it says, best-selling author, so-and-so, uh, as seen on ABC, NBC, CBS, and Fox, uh, or Fox affiliates, or as featured in Forbes magazine with the logos and the colors and whatever. And it says, hey, I want you to know that I am hosting a free seminar on such and such a date where I am going to show you X, Y, and Z. Okay. You could have the exact same phrasing. I forgot what I said earlier. I'm just making this stuff as I go. But but same exact words as the first postcard. And how much different is their perspective going to be about you with your picture on there and, and these logos that provide credibility to who you are and what you say? Now, they're still going to research you. They're still going to see if this is legit. They're still going to have some level of skepticism. But now when you check out to be a real person, that call that they're going to have with you is not as skeptical. It'll be hesitant, right? Because you still got to prove you are who you say you are and that you know what you're talking about and that they like you, right? They haven't really had a chance to meet you, but their level of trust with you is far different. So they're further along in that relationship building process than if you didn't have those things. That's how, that's, that's the minor help that credibility can have. Last week, we talked about how using that credibility can increase the perceived value of your brand, which then you can also increase the value of your brand by giving them a better experience through different things, which then ultimately gives you the ability to raise your prices, 
right? And so now you can charge more. So all of these things build upon each other. But it's, um, I've had clients, you know, I, I've given them that this test before when they were, uh, when they were, you know, just prospects, right? We were talking, they were checking us out, trying to figure out if we were the company they wanted to work with. And um, obviously, inevitably, they did. But I, what I would say to them is, is similar to what I just said. I'm like, I want you to try something, right? Because we'd be talking about, you know, co-authoring a book or becoming a best-selling author or something like that. I go, I want you to just try something. Who's your, besides you, who's your biggest skeptic, right? Um, it's usually the people that are closest to you. So if you don't feel, you know, if you've got a client that's really close to you um, or a coach or an advocate or somebody, um, you know, start with them, but even try going to somebody uh, that's close to you and just, just test it out. Like, Hey, I've got the opportunity to become a best-selling author and kind of, and, and to share my story and, and the experience and knowledge that I've built up over the years and hopefully can make a greater impact in the world for it. What's going to be the response? I'm going to be like, ah, you're lame or no, you shouldn't do that. Like, you're not an expert. You're an idiot. Like, I, I mean, I, if you try that over and over again, I imagine that most people are going to be super excited about the fact that one, you're interested in writing a book two, that you're going to be a best-selling author. And then three, that you even thought about running and buy them in the first place. Right. And so I, I talk about leverage all the time. Um, leverage is one of the most important things that you can do as a business. Um, you know, leveraging your story, leveraging your credibility, leveraging, you know, it's, it's all about how you use it. That makes a difference. Right. And there's, there's a lot of stories behind that, um, that I can share with you, but for right now, uh, kind of running down a little bit of a tangent. So I want to get us back on to, um, you know, the, the power of story here. So we talked about story being instrumental and integral in building and maintaining relationships, which is what business is all about, as we just discussed. Um, so how can you use story and how can you craft the story and what is even story in the first place? So let me talk to you now about plot lines. Plot lines are basically what the story is all about. Um, this is uh, one of the, there's about four of them uh, that Nick came up with. Uh, Nick's the CEO and founder of Celebrity Branding Agency. Um, he's also a director and producer of some amazing films. Uh, just recently actually announced uh, today, the filming of this um, is that uh, uh, the Dick Vitale documentary called Dickie V is going to be uh, streaming on ESPN plus uh, July 20th. So super excited for him. Great opportunity. You know, he went out and made that film ESPN decided to buy it. Um, and it's just, it's just amazing. And there's a lot of other really incredible films that Nick has been able to do, but those are stories, right? Those are still stories. Um, and they're stories that are being told. And so he's just a, a masterful storyteller. Um, he's someone that I've learned a lot from, um, and, and also was, was instrumental, uh, in my own story, you know? And so, um, so what I want to share with you now is, is plot lines and, and some, some of the major plot lines that we find most people can sort of fit their stories into, or at least are the most prominent that we see in entertainment and, and otherwise. So, uh, number one is overcoming the monster plot line. Number one, overcoming the monster. Uh, you know, you picture this as the hero fighting the dragon to, uh, rescue or to save a town or a village or a person or whatever it is, right? The whole storyline is around having to face this monster and ultimately overcome it. 
but the monster is nothing more than an obstacle to achieving whatever the goal is on the other side. And so the same thing applies to our lives and our businesses. What is the obstacle that you had to overcome that you probably overcame and then started a business to help other people overcome as well? Right. So there's a perspective. Now, I want you to to take a moment and uh, and at least think about this from the well, I want you to like take a moment uh, or <clears throat> I want to take a moment and and tell you that these are frameworks. OK, so uh, don't try to forcibly push your particular story into one of these plot lines. They're meant to be a guideline on how you can start thinking about who you are, what you do, why you do it, that kind of thing. So what is it about your core story that has brought you to this place? And uh, and we'll talk about how to craft your core story um, probably later today um, and into upcoming episodes. All right. So number one, overcoming the monster. Number two, rags to riches. This is the quintessential American dream kind of story. You start out with nothing and you build a great empire. You start out with nothing and you, you build this next level of success. Or a lot of times you start out with something, but you have to, um, to fight and scrape and, and sort of find your own way to the next level of success. Um, you know, this, there's a lot of different examples of this. The one that I always think of in, in movies is uh, The Pursuit of Happiness with Will Smith, right? Um, true story. And uh, he plays this character who's down on his luck. He ends up being homeless, uh, loses his wife. He has his son. They're living out of shelters. Um, and then, you know, uh, makes an, an impact and pursues a Wall Street guy. And then the Wall Street guy brings him in. He works really hard, late hours, crafts, you know, uh, perfects his craft and, and becomes one of the top producers. And then I believe partners even uh, don't quote me on that. But, you know, he just he sees himself from the bottom to the top. Right. And, and that's what this storyline is all about. The third is rebirth. This is the comeback story. So this is somebody who um, maybe sets down a wrong path uh, and and experiences rock bottom. Um, there's there's kind of that rags to riches feel to it, but this is a little bit different in that um, you know they're they're not only at the end of their rope, but they are directly contributing to what is driving them to the end of their rope. Um, so the rags to riches, it's almost like they we enter into the story with them already in that experience and they're driving their story forward. Uh, this person, uh, we oftentimes are asking the question of why would you do that? Why are you doing that? Oh, like and and they just they follow themselves into the the depths of, you know, failure and, and despair and whatever. But from there, they come out. Right. And they rise up to the occasion. They become a better version of themselves and then they make a greater impact for good in in the world around them and in the relationships that they have around them as well. So so that's the rebat, the the rebirth. That's the comeback story. That's the story of, you know, the the football player who breaks his legs and is told he'll never walk again, but then is not only able to walk again, but goes to the Pro Bowl um, and is instrumental in their team winning the Super Bowl, you know, whatever it is. Right. And that's, that's one portion of it. I had a client who uh, was a felon, spent time in jail, but then used that rock bottom feeling to, to make a difference in the lives of the youth who are at risk of following the same trajectory that he did. Um, and so there's a lot of different 
uh, storylines that can fit into this particular plot. The last one is probably um, my favorite, and it comes with a big old asterisk. And the reason for the asterisk is because uh, I think this is a, a plot line that we are all on uh, as a human race, as individuals, as people, um, and that's the quest. Um, I think we're all on a quest because our individual stories don't end until we die. Uh, and a lot of times for many people, they continue on even after death, right? There's a, there's a story after that, but whatever your belief system is, we can at least all agree that our stories don't end until we do. Um, and so the quest is really, uh, this overarching narrative that can draw in all of these other plot lines. So you may be able to think about a time in your life where you had to overcome a monster, right? Toxic relationship or an obstacle that was standing in your way between you and success, whether that was, you know, having enough money for college or starting your first business or whatever it was. Um, you know, uh, maybe you have a rags to riches story. Maybe you have a rebirth story. Maybe, you know, maybe you had to, um, literally fight a dragon. I don't know, but whatever it is, um, all of that was not the end of your story, but rather a contributing act to furthering your story along to what it is today. And so what I want to encourage people to think about is that your story never ends, but your business, uh, how you help people is not your story either. It's a part of your story. It's the current act of your story. But I imagine at some point down the road, you would be interested in passing that off, either passing it off to your, your, um, your kids or friends or whoever, or, um, or selling it, right? Whatever your vision is. Um, and maybe it is to work in that business forever. Um, that's just what you want to do until you, until you stop doing. Uh, and that's up to you, right? We all define success differently. But I want you to think about this in the context of how you articulate it to your prospects, how you articulate it, how you articulate it to your ideal clients, right? In this microcosm of your overarching story, your business and the why behind what drove you to start your business is your core story as it relates to your prospect. Uh, a lot of times um, I taught uh, a story building boot camp um, to a lot of our clients um, and have coached many people on helping them to craft their stories and uncover their stories and develop their stories. And, uh, and inevitably, um, there's, there's two things that end up happening. One is they don't believe they have a story or a story that other people want to hear, or um, they have too much of their story in their head and they can't drill down to what the most important element is that they need to communicate in the right environments. So uh, those are two very separate issues that need to be addressed separately. Um, and, and we'll, I think, I have some time to be able to address some of those here shortly. But, um, but what I want you to know is that not only do you have a story, but you have a story that's worth sharing. And not only do you have a story that's worth sharing, you have a story that your ideal client needs to hear. And it's because of your story, your unique life experiences and the skills that you bring to the table that, that not only differentiate you from the competition, but align you directly with the people that you want to be working with anyway. Uh, you hear this all the time, right? We attract people who are like us more often than not. Um, there's, there's something about that. I don't know if it's the law of attraction or, or something else that's out there. Um, you know, I, I, I just don't know. 
Um, but there is some sort of energetic force field that attracts us to some people and not to others. And a lot of times um, we attract the same people into our spheres. Um, and that could be a reflection of self. It could be a reflection of our circumstances, you know, whatever. But uh, the more and more that you understand self and the more and more that you're able to communicate who you are and what you do and how you help people and why you do it, the more and more you're going to attract like-minded people, the more and more you're going to attract uh, not only your ideal clients, but, but ideal collaborators, right? Um, that, that give you opportunity for expansion and growth. Uh, and so, you know, that's a, that's a journey I think we should all be on. Story is at the core of all of that. I had, um, <clears throat> well, all right. So let me get back to the quest here and then I'll tell you a little bit more. So the quest is, is a mission. There's, there's an end goal. And no matter what that mission is, until that mission is accomplished, we are going to push through any other obstacle that gets in the way, whether that's uh, a person, whether that's a, a pandemic, whether that's uh, a change in the industry, right? No matter what it is, a, a technological change that almost makes your job obsolete, right? You have the choice in that moment to adapt and overcome, which is my military side coming out, or to just sit back and let it happen to you. So, so if you are a mission, what we call a mission-driven celebrity expert, um, the celebrity expert part is usually a hang up for some people because they're like, I don't want to be a celebrity. But um, the idea is, is that you can be an expert and not known, right? Think of a university professor or research scientist who's in the basement of some university somewhere. They might have the next, you know, breakthrough in the genome, um, but we're all not going to hear about it until, you know, mass media talks about it. And even then it's going to be a fleeting story, right? Back page story for some people. So, so you can't run a business that way. The celebrity part, portion of that is, you know, we've got these celebrities who are in every moment of every day of our life and, and we almost can't get rid of them. Um, but that doesn't really mean that they're experts in anything. I mean, they're experts in acting or, or music or whatever it is. Um, but not in something that's going to impact our lives directly besides what their entertainment provides us in that moment, right? Um, you, on the other hand, are an expert at what you do. And so a celebrity expert is somebody who is known for being an expert. That's what we talk about. The mission-driven part is that quest. It's that, it's that overarching narrative of what's driving you forward, whatever that, whatever that piece of success is that you're looking for. People measure it differently. You can measure it however you want. It could be making a million dollars. It could be uh, making uh, a couple hundred thousand dollars every year for the rest of your life. It could be growing a business that somebody wants to buy. Um, it could be growing multiple businesses. It could be giving your family resources that you never had. Uh, you know, whatever it is that you define as successful um, is your quest. That's your mission. Now, let me tell you this. If you don't have something beyond that, that's a little bit more than just achieving some level of success. Um, I'm sure there's many people out there who have reached it will tell you that um, it's really empty on the other side. You know, um, and what ends up happening a lot of times is you you set a new level and then a new level and a new level. And the next thing you know, it's like, ah, what the heck? So um, so obviously there's some nuance with that. There's some emotional intelligence that plays into all of these things. But ideally, the idea is, is you've set an idealistic life 
that you want for yourself and your family. Um, and more often than not, the people that we work with also want to do that, build their life by helping other people. That's what we do, right? Our goal is to help. And, and my goal is to help entrepreneurs and business professionals and these business owners achieve some semblance of sanity back in their lives of, of being able to um, take what they know and leverage that in a way that also helps them make an impact on more people's lives, but also give them the life that they've always wanted to. Uh, and I think that's something that we can all do together. And a big reason why I started this podcast, I hope to bring on, um, and I know that I will be bringing on um, some really amazing guests, um, people who are just at the beginning of their entrepreneurial journey, people who have been doing this for a really long time and have received, um, you know, uh, all sorts of awards or levels of success and, and otherwise. And so uh, I hope in um, helping them to share their story, um, you'll also be able to uh, to resonate with their journey and the journey that you're on and be inspired and motivated and um, and otherwise. So, all right. So uh, just as a recap, overcoming the monster, rags to riches, rebirth, the comeback story, and the quest. All of these are different things that you can use uh, to as a framework to help flesh out what your core story is, the why behind why you do what you do and what brought you to this place. The next thing I want to talk about here, um, and, and probably uh, will bring us to the end of our time together, um, is the importance of your core story and how to start mapping that out. So what I want to leave you with here is a little bit of homework if you feel like doing it. Um, the way that I work with my clients in helping them to develop the key elements of their story is I tell them to, to take a piece of paper and draw a line straight down the center, horizontally, vertically, whatever you feel comfortable with, but draw a line straight down the center um, because you're going to have uh, these, these categories. Now, I want you to split that up into, actually, let's rephrase this. All right, so what I want you to do is I want you to um, take a piece of paper horizontally in front of you and draw a line down the center from left to right, okay? So you're going long ways on the piece of paper from left to right. And then I want you to write um, on the left-hand side as further over as you can, on the top half, positive, and then on the bottom half, negative. Um, and then I want you to create three separate categories. Um, so just divide that paper up into thirds, which are then separated by that middle line. So you should essentially have six squares. Um, I'm hope I'm explaining this well in my mind. It looks great. Um, hopefully my words have been able to give you something that gets close to what I'm looking at. So six, uh, six boxes, uh, three positive, three negative, probably would have been an easier way to say that. Now, the first set of boxes for both positive and negative are going to be um, however you want to delineate your life. Um, split it up into thirds. The way that I do it is I say from age zero to, uh, to the end of middle school, so right before I go to high school. Um, right now, I'm, I'm 36 years old, so it's basically I split it up every 12 years. It just seemed to be pretty easy to do that, and it just coincides with, with school it seems like. So, so anyway, I did from like zero to, um, to when I went to high school from high school to, um, my end of college, because I went on and got my master's at a seminary, um, which is a story for a different day. Um, and then from that point, you know, till now, so my professional and, um, and family life, and then go through and list five, seven, 10, 
whatever it is, get it, try to get at least five in each category, early life, middle life, end of not, hopefully not end of life, but now life. <laughs> um, and, and write down five things that are positive that just come to mind in that category. And then five things that are negative in that category. If it helps, if you want to do all positive first and then all negative, you can do that. Um, don't spend too much time thinking about it. Um, maybe set a timer for yourself for like five minutes and just, just jump in and just write whatever comes to mind, because then you can go back through and kind of look at those things. And what I think you're going to find is these are, these are memories that stick with you no matter what, right? If maybe you've done a lot of healing around them, maybe you have to do some healing around them. These are like these vulnerable points in our life where we were, where we were hurt or where we celebrated or where we made a, a, a big decision that changed the trajectory of our life. Whatever that was, put those moments down that you remember, whatever comes to mind, and then try to whittle that down. If you put down 10, you know, try to whittle it down to about three to five. Um, and that'll give you a good starting place. And then once you have those, see if you can group them together. Are there common elements in the negative and positive side that these things share with each other? Um, and now what you're trying, what you're starting to do is you're plotting out a map of of the negative and positive influences in your life that have shaped who you are today. So then when you go back and look at these things, look at them as, well, how does that impact me today? I'll give you an example. Uh, my dad wasn't around as much that much as a kid. Uh, we saw him on weekends. Um, that was part of the divorce arrangement. Um, you know, as we got older, that got less frequent because weekends were when I had time to spend with my friends. Um, but there wasn't a whole bunch of time during the week that that we spent together. Um, but that impacted me, especially as a kid. You know, that really sucks. Uh, and so I I lived my life um, even as a kid, never wanting like my friends or other people to miss out. And because I grew up for a long time, you know, especially in my early years in poverty, um, I never wanted resources to be a reason that I couldn't experience something. I'm all about experiences. I love experiences. If someone says, Hey, do you want to do this? And it's kind of sketchy. I'll be like, well, it'll make for a good story later. So yeah, let's do it. Um, I'm doing that less and less now that I have kids and my safety is really important, not only to myself, but to them. But, um, I was always down for an adventure, even if it was risky. Um, and, and so, you know, I, I carried that over, but I never wanted my, my friends to miss out on experience or to be left out. And so, um, you know, when I was working and making really good money, I would, I would pay for everybody, you know, let's go have a great experience. And, and if you've got a worse job, just who cares? Like if you can't afford it, come on, like I'll pay for everybody like bills on me. Um, and I just, and I'm, I'm still very much like that to today, although I'm, I'm probably a little bit more cautious, but, um, but I say that to say that that is a part of who I am now to this day and the shape who I am. But really I, I also incorporate that into the way that I help people, um, and my clients, you know, I am, I am very interested in helping people have an amazing experience when they come to some of our events or, um, you know, in the experience of just going through some of our products, whether that's, you know, building their new website or, um, you know, or, or starting their podcast or, or live stream or whatever it is, um, becoming a best-selling author, being featured on a TV show. Like, um, you know, I was hosting a show in Times Square, um, you know, about a month ago. And, and it was such a fun opportunity to put somebody else at ease, um, but then also help them talk about their story in a setting that also provides credibility and gives them 
materials that they can use in their marketing. So take that with you today. Um, I hope that that's a, a, a something that can get you started. Um, think about your story as those key elements. Is there any of those plot lines that you see kind of popping up? Um, is it a mix of two of them or three of them? Is it kind of all of them, right? Is And, and what has that led you to today? And next week, um, we're going to talk about something that these very things have created inside of us, and that's values um, and how every business needs core values and how that is a, um, a key element to your story and the story that you tell and also the story that others tell for you. So AKA a great brand. All right. Well, thank you for your time today. I look forward to it. As always, I appreciate you taking the time to listen to me ramble and talk about these things. I hope you found some value. If you did, feel free to like, um, visit the website at elevateandaccelerate.com. Uh, love to hear from you. If you have any suggestions about things that you'd like to hear about, or maybe something that I talked about that you'd like to hear a little bit more of, feel free to reach out. Uh, I'd be more than happy uh, to answer your emails or to uh, to have a show or even to have you on if you're interested in uh, a hot seat or sharing the information that you have. So again, thank you very much. And I will see you again next time.